Good morning, good morning. Chodesh Tov. So, first of all, breakfast today is sponsored by uh, Yaakov Shirazi on occasion of Rosh Chodesh Adar. Aleph, Latzlacha, Vakomi Kol for success in everything. Of course, breakfast class is also sponsored loving memory of Alfred Son, Alava Shalom, Lilu Nishmat, Abraham Ben Zaref, Zarife, Alea Shalom, Alava Shalom, sponsored by Morris A. Sutton. Abutai, the month that a person finds themselves in has a tremendous hashba and a tremendous influence on the way that they are during that time period. We mentioned upstairs that the month of Av is a time period which brings about, it's set aside for uh, sadness, it's set aside throughout history as a time when the Jewish people have had punishments, been exiled, had all sorts of terrible things that happened to them. So if something bad is supposed to happen, the month of Av is a month which is set aside. Of course, things can happen on any day of the week, in any month of the year. But if one was to take the historical perspective, you'd see that there was a tremendous amount of terrible things that happened specifically on Tisha B'Av. The flip side of that is on the positive side is that during the month of Adar, there has, there has happened to the Jewish people many, many salvations. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this concept of Mishinichnas Adar Marbim B'Simcha. Once Adar enters Marbim B'Simcha, we, uh, we increase our happiness. And I want to ask what I think is the most obvious question that needs to be asked, and that is, that you cannot legislate to someone happiness. You can't tell someone, be yeah. more happy. If they are more happy, then they're more happy. If they aren't more happy, then they're not. To tell someone to be something that he's not, especially when you're referring to an emotion, it just doesn't work. And aside from that, the happiness that the person will then exhibit is something which is forced. Is there anything more creepy than when someone pastes a fake smile on their face and they're not feeling any joy? You go to a family occasion sometimes where there's a big family fight and someone has been forced to come to the wedding. And you see them, you can see that their eyes are not smiling. So what are we saying over here? You know, Can one legislate happiness? And the answer is on some level, yes. Why? Although we think that as people we are victims, we are uh, subject to the circumstances of life, and life will dictate to us what it is that we should think and feel. The truth of the matter is that actually human beings have a much greater potential and capacity to be able to influence their own uh, uh, state of mind and their own feelings than we actually know. And today we are finding so many different studies that are proving this concept, that not just positive outlook, but positive deeds and positive thoughts can engender a person's state of positivity. So much so that when it comes to various mitzvot in the Torah, we find murmurs of this concept. Love your friend like yourself. How could the Torah ask you to love someone that you don't love? And the answer is that uh, the, the decision as to whether you're going to love someone is a lot closer to your capacity than you think that it is. What is the Torah mandating then, then therefore? It's not saying switch on an emotion, but it's saying that my obligation is to do the things that bring about those types of feelings within people. If you're angry at someone and you do things towards them to hurt them, what happens? You just continue the vicious cycle 
of negativity and anger. If someone is someone that you love, that even if you're not, even if you're not happy with them, or, or, or what's it called, what do we do? We reach inside of ourselves, we do something nice for that person, you do it one time, two times, three times, and eventually the deeds that a person does can drag him down a path that maybe he's not on. The Sefer HaChinuch writes, Ha'adam nif'al kefi pe'ulotav. A person is made by his deeds. So if you do things that bring you down the path of happiness, bring you down the path of love, then you come to love somebody. If you do things on the opposite, <clears throat> that bring you towards a path of cruelty, a path of anger, a path of judgmentalism, then ultimately that will happen as well. And I wanted to just tie it, <coughs> excuse me, to something beautiful we find in the parasha. In the beginning of the parasha, it says that when God asked the Jewish people to, con- to contribute to this wondrous thing, this uh, temple, the sanctuary of God in this world, it says, I want you to take from me tirumah, from every person whose heart had a generosity in, in it, you should take my, uh, um, my tirumah, my donations. Now, this expression always caused me to wonder. It always bothered me. means you should take a donation. But then it says that who are you taking a donation from? Someone who has a generous heart. So if a person has a generous heart, do you need to take from him the donation or do you just, or do you just receive it? There was a great story about one of the Hasidic Rebbe's that someone came to him and he gave him a donation for something that was a pressing need in the community. The rabbi, he took the money, it was a big sum of money, and he said, thank you very much. I, uh, I feel like, you know, I feel like you should have this money. It's okay, we don't need your donation. The rich man takes his money back and he leaves. And the people in the rabbi's court, the students and his, and his uh, family, said, rabbi, you know, rabbi, why did you turn the money down? The guy came to give tzedakah. And the rabbi smiled and he said, if you would have seen how happy he was when I told him that we didn't need his donation, when I gave him his money back, you wouldn't be asking why I didn't receive the money from him. Says the pasuk, I want you to take a tirumah, I want you to take the donation to build this Beta Mikdash. From people that have a generous heart, take, take the tirumah. What does that mean? The question is that sometimes you have a person, they have a generosity of heart. They care about other people, but there's an obstacle that they have to overcome. And that obstacle is that maybe they're a little bit selfish. Maybe they're a little bit stingy. Maybe they like to think of themselves a little bit first. To someone like that, the answer is that you take it a couple of times. Because really what you're doing is not forcing the person to give, but rather revealing or helping him reveal his innermost generous heart. Sometimes you can find somebody that on the surface it's hard to give. But deep down, they're aching to give. They just don't yet know it. And there are some people who when you tell them you don't need their donation, they're so happy, it's like July, it's like the 4th of July. Rabotai, <clears throat> the Hafez Haim, when he wanted to build the yeshiva, he went around to the people of his town and he said, you know, I'm thinking of building a, a center for Torah. And the, one rich man came and he said to him, Rabbi, you know what? I would like to donate all the expenses of the yeshiva on the condition that you put my name on the wall. I want the yeshiva to be named in my name. The rabbi thought about it. He said, you know what? It's a good idea. Uh, you know, 
uh, it's, a nice, it's a nice thing. Let me get back to you. I want to sleep on it. He comes back the next day and he says, thank you so much for your generous offer. I can't take it. The man says, why? He says, because I learned a lesson from the Mishkan. When Moshe Rabbeinu came to the Mishkan, there were very many wealthy Jews that had so much money from when they left Egypt. Each one of them could have done it themselves. And yet, what does it say? It called from all of the Jewish people. Take my Because in effect, this is something, this is so important for the community that it shouldn't belong to one person who was generous. Rather, it should belong to everybody. In every community, you have people who were born naturally with a giving spirit. From the time they were children in kindergarten, they were always sharing their toys. And then you have some other kids who are the opposite. The only thing they know how to say is before they say dad, before they say mommy, before they say anything, they say mine. Someone like that grows up sometimes to be just a more sophisticated child. And when you ask him for something, whether it's his time or his money or his effort or his attention, what does he say? Mine. Mine. Says the Pasuk. People, at least, at least most people, at their core, there's a generosity to them. But you need to sometimes take it from them a little bit. Help them give. And I think sometimes taking a tiruma from somebody can be expressed in a few different ways. And I want to explain what I mean by this. For some people, the ability to put their name on the wall, it satisfies that little desire. I want to keep my money for myself. You're asking me to give it to somebody else. So what's the trade-off? Put my name on the wall. Give me a lot of applause because then my money's achieving something for for me. Some people, the tikhuet terumati, the way you help them be generous, is you speak to their yetzehara and give the yetzehara a little bit of what it wants so that you're dividing it 90 10, 90% of the yetzehara, 10% of the yetzehara. And be'ezrat Hashem, over time, that number will increase and you'll kind of make it something which is completely altruistic. But I always think to myself, when someone is begrudging to give, and by the way, remember this, it's not just about money. If someone finds it very difficult to apologize because it's very, it hurts their ego, figure out how to take that thing from them and expose the generosity of spirit. Maybe as an example, if you're trying to make shalom between two people, tell them, look, you know, you don't have to take on all the, the, the responsibility of this, but you should say, look, you know, at least you could apologize and say, look, I also have a part in this. Or at least I want to apologize for my part in this machloke. So you, you, you've told the guy, you don't have to take all the responsibility. That's helping someone to give something that's very difficult for him to give. When someone needs to give forgiveness, tell the person, you know what? Ultimately, walking around with this hatred and with this anger, it only hurts you. So whether or not you actually forgive the guy, do you really want to walk around with this? When the person sees that forgiving is actually beneficial for him and not only beneficial for this other person who he's so aggrieved by, that's taking a tiruma from someone and exposing the inner generosity of spirit. Everybody's got it. Everybody's got generosity of spirit. It is our job as the people that stand opposite them though, to help build them a door. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen. Rabbi Hananyah menakashamir. Ratzah, Gadosh Baruch Gutsu. Sivikach Ibalim Torah Mitzvot Shneemar. Nahafetz Amaz Ikoel Dutor.